thank you, Father. You are holy and worthy. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your goodness and kindness, Father. Your mercy, Father, and long-suffering. We thank you for your tender mercies. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you that you are the, the God of healing as much today as you've ever been. Father, you have not diminished in your power towards your people. Faith has not come to an end. Father, we can believe you today just as much as any saint of old has ever believed you. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We give you all praise and honor for these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good all the time. Amen. We thank Him for His goodness and mercy. Um, and so, um, welcome to Healing School. Amen. Uh, where we get to uh, study about healing. And, um, uh, you know, one of the reasons we have this class is because uh, there's such an attack against humanity, right? But especially the church uh, in the area of sickness and disease. And it's, a, it's an ongoing battle. And uh, the devil is constantly coming up with new ways to kill us, amen, uh, new germs and viruses, and, and if he can't come up with a few, he'll set up a lab in China to come up with a few more, right, <laughs> and so uh, it's, a, it's a war, amen, and, uh, and it's our responsibility to, our privilege really to uh, grow in faith so that we can stand against, he said, all the wiles of the enemy, right, not just some of them, but all the wiles of the enemy, uh, and so uh, is it God's will to heal us every time? It's God's will to heal us every single time with how many exceptions? There are no exceptions to God's will and desire to heal us, amen? And do we believe that? Uh, and so we, we, uh, we should believe that because that's what the Word of God teaches, amen? Uh, and yet in the church, there are uh, oftentimes because of our upbringing in church and what people have said and sometimes our experiences, uh, that, that absolute statement that it's God's will every single time without exception to heal our bodies sometimes can be a little bit uh, difficult to hang on to, right? Because the question comes up, well, what about this? What about that person? What about this thing? What about that thing? Uh, and yet, uh, none of those things are based upon biblical statements. They're based upon experiences that we've, we've all gone through, amen? Uh, and the thing that we have to guard ourselves in our lives is to never judge the Word of God by the circumstances or experiences that we have. Uh, and uh, now, does that mean we know everything? No, we don't know everything. Can we answer the question, why did something happen all the time? Well, no, we can't answer that question because, especially if it's dealing with somebody else. Uh, can, can I tell you why something happened to somebody else? No, and, 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 and so to begin with, we should be careful to never judge somebody else. We should never look at somebody and maybe they're sick. We should never say, well, they're just not strong in faith. If they were strong in faith, they wouldn't be sick. Well, you know, uh, you don't know their, their particular life, right? Well, they must have some secret sin. Uh, well, that's, that's standing in a position that we shouldn't stand in. It's not our job to judge, amen? Now, can the Lord reveal? He can, and He, and he has uh, to people that, that uh, will pray for other folks sometimes. He has to me, revealed to me the cause of somebody else's sickness. And just like Jesus knew in some cases, but not every case, in some cases He knew that there was sickness involved, and he said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. But then like the blind man in John chapter 9, remember, 
they asked him who sinned, uh, he or his parents, that he was born blind. And Jesus said, in that case, nobody sinned. Uh, and so sometimes people are sick for no reason. There's no, there's no cause, right? It wasn't that they sinned or spoke out of turn or did something foolish. You know, people, well, you know, you go outside, you know, without a coat on, you're going to catch a cold. You know, I mean, it's not really technically true, but people say that. Uh, and so, uh, but uh, what if you did something, you know, to intentionally expose yourself to sickness and disease? Uh, well, then, you know, the, the, there's that. But in this case, in the, in the fellow in John chapter 9, there was no cause other than we live in a fallen world and things happen. Amen. Uh, and left to the natural, to natural process, uh, bad things can happen to people. Amen. But was the blind man in John chapter 9 able to overcome his blindness in spite of there not being no uh, root cause of his blindness? Sure, he was able to receive sight. Amen. So, so, and were the other people that, that uh, had sin in their life that was the root cause of the sickness, were they still able to obtain healing? They were. So, so in every case, it didn't matter the root cause, whether it was caused by sin or caused by nature. It didn't matter. There was still an answer of healing. Uh, and so, uh, you know, so maybe, you know, sometimes, then, well, it's important for me to know. Well, I mean, maybe it is, maybe it's not, right? I mean, you know, if the Lord doesn't reveal, then, um, if, you know, if, if there's no root cause for the sickness, if he doesn't tell you something, then I would just go on, you know, as if it's not, it, it's as if it's unimportant, the root cause. Because if it was important, I think he would tell you, amen, if you ask him. Now, if you don't ask him, maybe he wants to tell you and, and uh, you haven't asked him. And so, uh, for me, it, you know, if, if there are things that I'm dealing with that I'm not having success, I do go to the Lord, so, Lord, what's up? Uh, but, you know, as many times as I go to him uh, asking him why this is still there, as many times as not, I don't get any answer. And my assumption is if, if he wanted me to know, then he would tell me. Otherwise, I assume that it's just because. Yeah, and, and then I overcome it. Amen. Uh, and so, um, so you, ha you know, in, in, in dealing with your own personal uh, sicknesses and diseases that you may have to deal with in your, in your life, you know, you've got to find your own path. Amen. You've got to find the path of, uh, is this something that, that, that I brought into my life or something that just happened? Uh, and regardless of, of what you come up with in that, uh, uh, in that review of the sickness, you have to be convinced, regardless of the root cause, I can overcome it. Yes. Uh, and that's really where you need to be, amen? Uh, and so we, we had uh, uh, gotten here uh, in, the, in the last book here from uh, Dr. Yeomans. Uh, she is going through some of the Psalms uh, about uh, just really, some of them are just encouraging Psalms. And she is using some of these Psalms, although they don't say the word healing directly in them, She's using the principles of these psalms to understand that if this psalm is true, then healing would be included in this psalm. And so she got down to Psalm 121, and it says, we, of course, we read the whole psalm last week. We're not, we're not going to do that all again. But in Psalm uh, 121, it says in verse 7, it says, The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. So if the Lord is going to preserve you from all evil, uh, so what evil is left out of that verse? There's not, no, no evil left out of that verse. So he doesn't say he shall preserve thee from all evil except for any evil located in Ray County, Tennessee. Is that, is there a footnote there for that? There's no footnote, right? So if he preserves us from all evil, uh, what, what column does all sickness and disease fall under? It would have to fall under the evil column, right? You got the good column and you got the evil column. 
And, and anybody with, you know, that's an intelligent human being would, would have to say that all sickness falls under the evil column. Uh, and if that's true, then he's going to preserve us from all evil. So you can use this verse for healing just like you could use it, use it for anything else. Amen. Uh, and, and there are people in the church who do believe and, and think and say things like, well, sometimes God wants me to be sick, to teach me something so that I can learn from that. Uh, would you do that to your child? Would you expose your child to the bubonic plague? Because, well, they need to know what it's like to feel bad. And, you know, okay, well, we lost the last couple of children, but, you know, we're on the third one. I think this one's going to survive, you know, and would you do it? No, you wouldn't do that. We would put you in, in a, a far away from humanity if you did something like that. Uh, and yet people say that of the Lord all the time, that the Lord wants me to be sick, right? And, I'm, and, to, be, and to be honest, I have never met a sick person who has ever learned whatever it is that the Lord wants them to learn. So not only are they sick, they're kind of dumb, right? Because like, look, if you haven't learned it by now, you're stuck. I mean, you know, if you've been doing this for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and you still haven't learned, I mean, you know, if, if the six hardest years of school is second grade, you know, you might have some other problems you've got to deal with, right? And so, uh, but no, that's not, that's not really true, amen? Uh, and so if he preserves us from all evil, then surely uh, sickness uh, can, uh, is included in this particular uh, verse. And so the point that she was making is that, you know, you can use this word, even though it's not specifically mentioned, even though healing is not specifically mentioned, you can use this to bring healing about in your body. And, you know, what I have found is that oftentimes the Lord will prompt me about some verse if I'm dealing with some aspect of faith, not necessarily with healing in particular, but in any aspect of my life. Oftentimes he will prompt me some verse, this verse. And, and, you know, you may be able to, you would argue, well, that verse doesn't really cover that scenario. But if the Lord gives it to you, that's what I would use. And if he gives you this verse for uh, your healing, then I would meditate on this verse. I would confess this verse. I'd get up every day. This verse is so. Uh, and so uh, let's turn back to Proverbs chapter 4. Because Proverbs chapter 4 is a good kind of generic uh, promise that we can use and understand that all the word of God, if it's prompted in our hearts, uh, will provide healing for our bodies. And so uh, he said here uh, in Proverbs uh, chapter 4, in verse 20, it says, uh, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ears unto my sayings. So uh, first of all, there is responsibility on our part. Amen. You have response. Well, God, you know, you just need to do that. Well, are you are you? Uh, doing what he says to do. Are you attending to his words? I never read the Bible. I'm too busy. I don't have time. You know, uh, uh, do I go to church? No, I, you know, um, uh, well, I, well, I do every Easter and Christmas, you know, like clockwork, but uh, incline thine ears unto my saying. You know, the thing about the Lord, is, the Holy Spirit is he's always speaking. Yes. Question for us is, are we always listening? Right? Incline thine ears. Because sometimes the Lord, you know, the Lord is so smart because he knows everything. You know, he may tell you, well, if you'll just adjust your natural life this way, you'll, you'll obtain your healing. So it doesn't necessarily need a supernatural intervention, a miraculous intervention. It may just be, well, you know, a doctor, every time I, you know, uh, uh, I stick the spoon in my eyeball, it hurts. Well, you know, the doctor's going to tell you to stop sticking the spoon in your eyeball, right? I mean, you know, he, uh, you could get healing from that, but, you know, you just don't do that. Yeah. And so, you know, there, there may be a lot of things that if you incline your ear, he may tell you for you, this is what you need to do. Uh, and, and if he does, then that's what I would do. That's what, isn't he the great physician? If he's the great physician, then he's going to tell you the best thing to, to, uh, for you to do in your life. 
So attend, uh, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Uh, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to what? All of their flesh. Amen. All of the, so how much of your flesh is included? All. So the word of God, so he says the word of God, uh, and he, he mentioned it several different ways, the words, the sayings, uh, the keep them in the eyes and in your heart. The word of God will provide life unto those that find them. So that means if, if somebody finds them, what were they doing to find them? They were looking, right? They were searching. So, you know, this verse is full of your personal responsibility. What are you doing? Well, I'm just going to church hoping that God will move on somebody to pray for me and, and I'll get healed. Well, has the Lord ever done that? Sure he has. Uh, can you guarantee that he's going to do that? No guarantee because does the Bible say that the Lord will always move upon somebody supernaturally to pray for somebody else uh, in, a, in a spectacular, miraculous way? No, there's no promise that he'll do that. But is this a promise that he'll always do this? See, the word of God, if there's a promise here, then it's always so. If he says that uh, if you do these things, they are life unto those that find him and health to how much of your flesh? All of your flesh. What if, what if you have bad DNA? Is that, is that covered in this situation? Well, you know, my mama had this, my daddy had this, you know, my grand aunt on my, on my cousin's side, you know, had this, you know, uh, and uh, is, is that okay? I mean, is that, is that uh, a loophole that uh, it doesn't cover those situations? No, it covers those situations, right? How much of your flesh will it bring health to? All. And, you know, if you look up this word health, uh, uh, it, it's, uh, it's an, it's, to me, it's an interesting word here. Uh, it means healing incurable, which I think is just, you know, I have meditated on this many times. Healing incurable. If you have sickness, it's incurable. What does that mean? It means no amount of, of healing can fix it. No amount of medicine, no amount of surgeries. It's incurable. It cannot be fixed. Well, if you have healing incurable, then that means that no amount of sickness can, can fix it. Amen? It can't fix the healing that's incurable. Uh, and so uh, you have an incurable health disease. Uh, and that means that you're immune from all sickness, right? No matter what, how much sickness is, is tried to uh, be put upon you, yeah, sorry, I'm, it's incurable. I, I have a terrible incurable health disease. Uh, and no amount of sickness can overcome that. Uh, you know, I was just meditating on, on this. In fact, I was meditating on this, on this exact verse, verse 22, health to all of our flesh. Is that true? Is that a true statement? Well, we know it's true because it says it here, but do you believe it's true? In your heart, do you believe this is a true statement? Uh, and, and so, you know, for all of us, we all have our own walk of, of faith to, to carry out, right? And what I have observed, just, you know, just naturally speaking, just observed is that, you know, some things that come upon us quickly, oftentimes we can overcome that and obtain uh, healing and victory in those things. But oftentimes if it's things that are, that are chronic, you know, maybe somebody has a chronic uh, cough or chronic ache or pain or something. And, and sometimes because we've lived with it so long, it's sometimes more difficult to overcome that. So it doesn't have to be, but sometimes just naturally speaking, it is. And we have to meditate on, on verses like this that helps overcome those situations uh, because it says health to all of our flesh. So that would include not only anything that's, that comes up overnight, but anything that's ever been there, right? Uh, and so are there any exceptions to health to all of their flesh? No, you know, and, and so we have to get a settle that this is true. And, you know, I was just thinking about the, a story that Brother Hagin used to tell, and it was just a great story, uh, uh, but in one of the visions the Lord 
had, had told Brother Hagen, he said, when you pray for somebody, um, he said, if you put your hand on the, on, on the front and on the back, uh, he said, if you, if you feel the anointing jump from one hand to the other hand, uh, he, the Lord said, uh, then it's a demonic presence causing that particular sickness. He said, otherwise, it's just regular sickness, and, you know, you can overcome it by faith. But, it, but if you sense the anointing now, is, is, do we have any Bible for that? No. And so, you know, it's just, uh, it's one of those things that work for Brother Hagin, but you can't necessarily turn that into a law because we don't have book, chapter, and verse for it. But that's what the Lord told Brother Hagin, and he used that information in his own ministry. Uh, and so, so uh, he was, uh, had a prayer line one time, and this fellow came up, and he had uh, tuberculosis of the spine. And he said he was bent over, he couldn't stand up at all because his, his spine had, had, had fused together from this tuber, tuberculosis. And um, he came up in the prayer line. So sure enough, Brother Hagin prayed for him, laid his hands on his front and his back, and he sensed, he sensed the anointing, the power of God, go from one hand to the other hand. And so by the direction of the Lord, he knew that there was a demonic presence, which just meant that, that uh, it was just the word, really the word of knowledge, which, we, which is true, that this sickness was caused by a demonic presence. So is every sickness caused by a demonic presence? No. no, every sickness is not caused by a demonic presence. And even if it is caused by a demonic presence, is, are, is it necessary for you to cast that devil out specifically? I, I cast you out in Jesus' name. No, there's plenty of cases in the Gospels and even, even in the book of Acts where it was a known demonic presence and they just prayed for them with general faith and it was sufficient to cause the devil to leave. And, you know, sometimes in a church... We love the, the Hollywood aspect of, you know, casting out a devil and maybe somebody throwing up and, you know, spit up pea soup and the head spinning around or something, you know, something exciting like that happened. But, you know, the devil is a defeated foe. And if we have to cast him out specifically, we cast him out specifically. If, if we don't have to cast him out specifically, then we just use faith and he still has to go. You know, you think about when, when, um, uh, when Lucifer was thrown out of heaven. Bible says Michael the archangel threw them out of heaven. It wasn't Jesus, right? It wasn't even enough of a bother for Jesus to get up and do something about it himself. He said, uh, Michael, you go take care of that. I'm busy. I, you know, I've got, uh, I've got uh, lunch today. You know, we've got a guest coming in. And so you go deal with that, you know, and then I'm going to go to lunch. And, uh, you know, it wasn't even important enough for Jesus to deal with himself. And so sometimes we elevate the, the devil as if, you know, he's somebody we've got to be, you know, in prayer and fasting for, for years to deal with. No, just a simple uh, authority of the name of Jesus is, is sufficient to take care of that. Amen. Uh, and so, so he did that. Jesus said, if, if, if there's a demonic presence, he cast it out and they'll be healed. And so uh, Brother Hagin uh, did that. He put his hands on him. Yeah, okay, it's a demonic presence. I, I command you to leave in Jesus' name and see if you can stand up. Straight, right? And, of course, he couldn't. And so he, you know, tried a couple of things and nothing happened. And he just sent, sent the man on his way, right? I mean, what are you going to do? Because, you know, uh, you don't know everything. Do we know everything? You know everything? I know everything, right? So, I mean, you know, I mean, there were times when, like, Smith Wilkes, where he prayed for somebody to die in the line. He'd just keep on going. He just, well, they're dead. Can't change nothing. He just, you know, keep on praying for people, you know? I mean, if that happened nowadays, it'd be like on 5 o'clock news, you know? <laughs> Pastor prays for me, they die in line. Well, you know, do you know what they, where they were in their faith? I don't know where they were in their faith. Uh, and so, uh, now it could be me, but it's just 50-50, it could be you too, right? So don't, don't, give hard, don't be hard on me, right? Because, you know, <laughs> I mean, it could be you as much as me. It could be both of us, right? We could both be like, 
Uh, you know, I got to mow the yard. You know, I got you know, we hurry, hurry up and get prayed, you know, and, and slapping hands on people because we think it's anointing, but really we're trying to get the beat the Baptist to lunch, right? Uh, and so, so he sent the man back to his chair, and and, and nothing happened. And so he was praying, uh, you know, praying for other folks. And then out, out of the corner of his eye, he saw, he looked over on the stage, and there was Jesus appeared to him on the stage. And Jesus said, he said, I, I told you to lay hands on people, and if you sense the anointing, go from one hand to the other hand, that it's a demonic presence, cast the devil out, and they'll be healed. Well, that's what he told them in the vision, you know, uh, months before. And he said, well I, well, I did that, Lord. He said, and it didn't, it didn't work. And Jesus said, I, I told you, if you lay hands on somebody, and the power goes from one hand to the other hand, uh, that it's a demonic presence, cast the devil out, and they'll be healed. And of course, you know, brother, hey, what are you going to do? Well, Lord, I know, but I, and, I, and I did that, and it didn't work. And so, you know what Jesus did? He said it again. I told you, if you lay hands on somebody, and, and the anointing goes from one hand to the other hand, it's, the sickness is caused by demonic presence, cast it out, and they'll be healed. You know, by this time, Brother Hagin, you, know, you, could, you, could, you should hear him tell the story, because you could just uh, hear his knees buckling. I know, Lord. I mean, what are you going to do, right? You know, you, you keep telling, you're not listening, Lord. You know, I mean, you know. And so he said, I, I know, Lord. I, I did that. You know, I laid hands on him, and your anointing went from one hand to the other hand, and I knew it was a demonic presence. I cast it out, but it didn't leave. So this, after the third time, Jesus said, he said, he said, Jesus looked at him and said, fire shot out from his eyes. He said, yes, but I told you that it would. And he left. And suddenly, Brother, Brother Hagin realized, you know, what did, he, what did he tell the man after he prayed for him and cast the devil out? What did he tell him? See if, See if you can stand up. So he said, if is a badge of doubt. Right? See if. Because the Lord said, if you do this, if you do this, I will always do that. Then know what the Lord So that's a promise, right? Because that's what, the, that's what uh, Proverbs chapter 4 says. Health to how much? All, All of your flesh. But Lord... I've got this, this, you know, this gout on my left foot, and it's been there since I was 12. And I prayed for it, and it didn't leave. He said, but I told you, well, I told you that it's healing to all of your flesh. Yeah, but Lord, it's not, not all of my flesh. Yeah, but I told you it was to all of your flesh. See, sometimes the Lord gets really right with us, right? Yeah, but I told you it would. Yeah, but Lord, you don't understand. You're right, I'm sorry. Let me give you a, let me give you a Bible version too for you, because you helped all your flesh. Unless you got gout when you was 12, you know, and then, then it's, it's sorry, I, I, I didn't really consider that scenario, but, you know, you're right, you're right. It, you know, he's, I, yes, but I told you that it would. And, you know, a lot of times, and it, it's this, this, this way the Lord's done for me, anytime he rebukes me like that, and he's rebuked me many times over the years, I always get revelation of, of the error on my part. I'll see it, I'll understand, okay, I, I got it, Lord, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm dumb and slow, but I did get it, right? So, you know, you can be hard on Well, he didn't get it. He, I mean, he got it eventually, amen? And so he saw, he saw that what he did uh, by saying, see if he was wondering whether or not Jesus would actually heal the man, right? See if. Instead of knowing that Jesus would heal the man, he was seeing if Jesus would heal the man. Uh, and so he said, where's that fellow? Come up here. And so he did the same thing. He put his hand on the front of him, put his hand on the back. The only went from one hand to the other hand. He knew he was a demonic presence. He cast it out. He said, now, stand upright. 
And sure enough, just like that, the man stood upright, you know, uh, and free from all of that, all of sickness and disease. Uh, but see, the, the issue was not in what Jesus said, you know, and again, you know, can you, can you use that as a law? No, but you can use a law that has helped all their flesh, right? So um, if that's true, then it's always true, amen? Uh, and if by the word of knowledge or the discerning of spirits, you know, both of those can come into play when you're deal, dealing with demonic presence. If you know, then you have to, you, you know, the, the assumption has to be that, uh, and it's true in the realm of the spirit, anytime we exercise authority, the devil has to yield. You've got to be, if you're going to operate in the authority of, of the word of God, you have to believe that, that every time authority is spoken by me, the devil has to yield. Because sometimes we think, well, he didn't do it. Oh, he has to do it. He has to. There's no, there's, these devils aren't in the realm of the spirit going, I ain't doing it. Oh, yeah, you are. Oh, yeah, you are. You know, uh, and, and, you know, it's kind of, it, it's not unlike, you know, it's not exactly the same thing, but, it, but when, I, when our kids were younger, <clears throat> you know, the Lord started dealing with me, and I'm so thankful for the wisdom of the Lord, you know, in training, in training me as a parent, because I didn't know, right? I mean, the, the way I grew up is if my mom and dad screamed out enough, then, then we did what they said. If they didn't scream really that loud, you know, we can get by with it. But, uh, and so, you know, what he told me when my kids are younger, he, he said these words to me. He said, your authority does not reside in the volume of your voice. Really? I mean, that was like revelation. I know that sounds like an obvious thing, but you, your revelation does not reside. In other words, you don't have more authority if you scream louder at your kids. He said, your authority resides in your position as parent. And so uh, what I, from that day forward, I trained myself and my kids that I'm not going to holler at you to get something done. I'm going to look at you, tell you don't do that, just as calm as I can be. No threats, because, you know, my authority doesn't reside in my threatening of my children either. It resides in my position as, as parent, not in... Well, I'm bigger than you. I'll just beat you up. Well, you could beat up your child, which is not appropriate parenting uh, skills. But, you know, you do have the capacity to do that, I suppose, if you really wanted to. Uh, no, your authority resides in your position. And so uh, my kids learned over the years, if I told them, uh, no, they can't do something, that was it. I didn't have to threaten them. Well, if you do that, I'm going to beat you. If you do that, I'm going to. I, I never, I never threatened my kids. Never. Not one time after, after that. Never threatened them at all. You know, if you, if you do it, you're going to be in trouble. I just said, don't do that. And I left it at that. There was no, you know, there was no, will it, you know, will it, if you don't, I'm going to, you know, take away your toys or, you know, spank you or whatever. I just don't do that. And on occasion, they would, they would try. Let's see what happens, right? Because they're kids. And I remember one of the kids, we were, we were in, eating at home and we had guests there. And I told one of them they were acting up, doing something they shouldn't be doing. You know, nothing major. But, you know, I looked at him and said, don't do that. Uh, don't do that again, you know. And they looked right at me. You ever had kids just look right at you <laughs> and do it anyway? <laughs> and so I just got up calmly. I said, let's go to the bedroom. And I sat them on the bed. I said, what did I tell you to do? And, they, and I always made them tell me, what did I, what did I tell you? Because I want to make sure they heard, because they always did, right? They, I didn't hear you. You heard it. You know, you, you, I mean, it's amazing. You could be uh, six blocks from your kids telling a secret to your wife, and they go, yeah, I heard that. But they'd be right in the room and say, pick up your toys. Like, what would you say? I didn't hear nothing, right? I mean, it's, you know, they can hear. They're not dumb. They can hear. And so what, what did I tell you? What did I tell you to do or not do? And I'd make them tell me. I said, so, and then I would say, now what did you do? And to make them tell me so that they could see 
okay, I said this, they did that. And I said, so, so why are we here? Whose decision is it to be right here on this bed? That's not my decision, because I said, you know, I have no, no desire to spank you. Uh, whose decision is it? And I would make him tell me. It's my choice, because I want him to say, it's your choice. It's not, 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 you know, well, I couldn't help it, I forgot, you know. And I, I did have, you know, one of them would, would act up at school, kept getting letters from the school. They keep talking, keep talking. You know, I said, well, you know, if you get another one of these letters, uh, then we're going to have to deal with that. And they got another one of those letters from school. And I said, what did I tell you to do? I said, I said quit talking. I said, what did you do? I kept talking. And I said, but I, I forget. I said, well, this will help you remember. <laughs> and I spanked him. And, and that was the last note they ever got, right? And, and so, because they try to, they try to come up with excuses. Well, I, you know, I forgot. Well, okay, well, let's help you remember, right? And they, it's, they're really motivated to remember after that. But, uh, and so, so, but I would never holler at him, scream at him, never, you know, and just uh, speak to him. Uh, and they learned. They learned that, you know, if dad says no, then that's sufficient. Uh, and, and, and so in, in the realm of the Spirit, it's exactly the same. When you tell the devil, no, it's, it's not, well, I don't want to do it. It doesn't matter. Well, of course, they don't want to do it, but they will. They have to yield. Amen? Amen. Uh, and so, so, so that was one thing that, that you know, Brother Hagin learned, that, that if it's spoken, it's so. It doesn't matter what you observe. It's still so. And, and if it's not so, you know, you've got to check to make sure, am I operating it correctly? Or am I, am I introducing doubt? Well, let me see if this works. Let me, let me pray and see, see if this is going to work this time. You, you, you can't operate that way because, see, that's, that's, that's doubt, right? In fact, let's turn over to Mark chapter 9 and look at Mark chapter 9. Uh, I know that's not exactly what, what, the, what the book had there for us, but it just... The Lord started prompting me about this, so I thought we'd just go with what the, what the Lord says. So. so in Mark chapter 9, in verses 1 through 13, it talks about the, the Mount of Transfiguration. Remember that story, right, with Peter, James, and John went up, Peter went up to the mountain with, with Jesus, saw him transfigured, talked to Elijah and Moses. Uh, and uh, now, in, in Mark, Mark doesn't, doesn't tell the story of when Jesus sent out the 70 and sent out the 12, uh, but Matthew and Luke do. In fact, Luke tells about the 70. Matthew only tells about the, the, the 12 apostles. But in, uh, in, Matthew, in Matthew chapter 10 uh, is where he sent out, well, I guess, it's, well, I don't know exactly where it is in Matthew. Maybe Jerry could look it up for me when he sent out the, the 12. Uh, but in Matthew 16 was where um, the Mount of Transfiguration occurred. So Jesus had already sent out the 12. If you mind looking up uh, where he sent out the, the 12 in, in the book of Matthew, uh, if you look it up in, in Luke chapter 9 and 10, you could probably cross-reference it back to, um, to Matthew there. But anyway, the, the point of that is, is the Mount of Transfiguration occurred after he sent out the 12 disciples. So that tells us that they had already understood that we can go and lay hands on the sick, right? We can go and cast out devils. We can go and even raise the dead, right? Now, that's not a general promise for the church, but that was a, 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 a uh, um, uh, part of the responsibility of the 12 when they were sent out to also raise the dead. So by this time in, in Mark chapter 9, they had already been doing some ministry, not just Jesus, but also the disciples. So now, so now and, and we, it's important to understand that context for this story here. So it says here, uh, when, he, when he came uh, to his disciples, and now they're coming back off the mountain, right? Verse 14, they're coming back off the mountain. 
And the other nine disciples were there at the bottom of the mountain, right, dealing with the situation. The three of them were with Jesus on the mountain here. So when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude around him and the scribes questioning him. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, what question, uh, what question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And whenever he taketh him, he teareth him and foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples, so the nine that were not on the mountain, right? I spake to thy disciples that they could, should cast him out, and they could not. But now, hadn't they already been doing this? They'd already been doing this. This is not new information. This is not something they, well, let's just try and see it happen. They had been doing this. Amen? Uh, but this is an ep- uh, uh, our, our guess is this child had epilepsy, right? The symptoms here appear to be epileptic uh, symptoms where, you know, he convulses, he's foaming at the mouth, right? Those types of things. And they could not cast him out. So what is the response of Jesus in verse 19? He answered him and said, O faithless generation. So what's the root cause of the disciples not being able to cast this devil out? Lack of faith, right? It, was it because this devil was a big devil? Really big devil? A really, really big devil? That uh, It's bigger than our faith? No, Jesus said, it's faithless generation. How long shall I be with you? In other words, you know, I can't be here forever, boys. Someday I'm leaving. I can leave this with you. And I'm going to leave all this responsibility to you. And you've got to do this. I'm, I'm not going to be there to do this work for you. In fact, I said that the works that I do shall you what? Do also. So I, you're going to be responsible someday. So he was training while he was here. He was training them. Look, this is how it works. This is how you, how you do it. It's all by faith, right? All of these things are by faith. Uh, and so how, shall long, how sh- long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you in other, or put up with you? Bring him unto me. And he brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him. Uh, and he fell to the ground and wallowed foaming. Uh, and, and now what's the child doing right now? He's on the ground and wallowing. That's a good southern word, right? Wallowing around like pigs waller in a, in, a, in a pig pen, right? Wallowing around, and he's foaming. So the, what would most people's reaction be? They'd be panicking, right? Oh, we've got to do something, right? Boil some water, tear some sheets, do something, right? We should do something. Somebody should do something. Uh, what did Jesus do? He turned to the father and, and asked him a question. Now, he's asking the father a question while the son is doing what? convulsing and foaming on the ground. Now, now, to me, you know, when I read this, I'm always thinking, man, what would I have done, Jesus? Would I have panicked? Start wringing my hands? Start, you know, in the name of Jesus, you know, start throwing around the name of Jesus? Um, out, of, out of pressure, right? Out of, out, out of a panicked attitude, out of an uh, attitude of, I've got to do something, or, you know, somebody's got to do something. And so many times we're driven by our emotions, right? Or even our mind uh, out of fear. Well, you know, if I don't do something, the child's going to die or, you know, whatever. Uh, and, and yet Jesus, in the midst of, of this, which I would consider be a, a fairly uh, dramatic situation, right? Child's on the ground, convulsing, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus turns to the dad, starts talking to him. How long, how long ago uh, since this came on him? He said, of a child. And oftentimes it cast him into the fire and into the waters to, to destroy him. 
But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So, again, uh, they're using the word what? If. And who are they using the word if with? With Jesus, right? The word if is only ever reserved for humanity. If you do this, then I will always do this. So if should only be used on, on our side. Never should be used on the Lord's side. Because he will always do what he says. He will never not do what he says. Amen? Uh, and, and so, in fact, uh, have you got that verse open? Because uh, we've got a lot of translations on that particular verse there, right? On Mark uh, uh, 9, uh, 23 there, right? Because there's a lot of good translations for this particular one here. Uh, and so, uh, one translation for uh, when Jesus, so Jesus responded, right? If thou canst believe, all things are possible. But really, other translations bring out better of what Jesus was saying. He said, anything you can do, echoed Jesus, everything can be done for one who believes. Uh, he said, Jesus said, if you are able, all things are possible to him by faith. Uh, one, one person uh, translated, what do you mean if you can? I like that one. What do you, because that's really the, 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 the tone that Jesus was responding to this man. Because the man said, if you can do anything about it. And Jesus was like, what do you mean if? Uh, he said, uh, what do you mean if? Everything is possible to someone who trusts. Uh, one tried to say, why the, why the if? You are able to believe all things is possible to him who, who's believing. Uh, and th- uh, this one kind of turned around on the man. Yes, said Jesus, if you yourself can, everything is possible for the, for the believing. Uh, and let's see, I got a whole bunch more. We won't necessarily go all of them, but they're just great. I just, I just started uh, keeping track of all these different versions of, of this particular verse because, you know, it sounds, it sounds like Jesus is just kind of, you know, well, you know, if you can believe all things are possible to them that believe, and that's, that's not quite uh, what the original language was bringing out there. And I don't know what I've clicked on a bunch of things here, Chris, so who knows where you're going to end up with it. But um, one says, it's not a question of whether I can do anything. Rather, it's a question of whether you can believe. And that's really the key there. It's not Jesus, if you can. Jesus says, no, 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 we got the wrong, we got the if on the wrong side. If is on your side. If you can believe, I will always do it, right? Uh, and so a lot of times I say, Lord, if you heal me, I'll be okay. It's like, don't, don't put any ifs on me, right? There's no, there's no ifs with me. There's only ifs with you, amen? And you can figure out how to get back to, the, to your place there, right? And so Jesus said, uh, if, if, if you can believe, why the if? There's no ifs with God, uh, if you can believe, so, and it's, so that's what he did, right? The man said, Lord, if you can do something, and Jesus said, no, 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 if you can believe. <clears throat> and so make sure that you never use the word if on God's side, right? The only if, the only possibility of there being two options is on your side. And there should be two options, but, but we're, we're humans, and sometimes we, we make a choice. Sometimes I'll believe, and sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll do the word, sometimes I won't. But God will always do his word. So there's never a reason, the Lord, if... Uh, uh, and so what's Jesus saying here? Uh, Jesus is saying that healing, that every single time, healing is the will of God without exception. Because otherwise, there's an if. Otherwise, Lord, if, if it's your... How many times have you heard, Lord, if it's your will? Heal this person. Well, isn't that exactly what this man said? Lord, if you can, if it's your will to heal my son? Because I don't think that the man questioned whether Jesus had the capacity to heal, he was questioning if Jesus had the will to heal. And so um, he said, 
If you can believe, how many things are possible? All things are possible to him that believeth. So has that verse gone out of, uh, it, has this verse expired? Is it still available today? So how many things are possible in your life if you choose to believe? All things. Well, what about that thing you've had since you were 12? Is that in- included in that? Uh, and see, that's the thing, like with, with Brother Hagen, you know, he did that and it didn't work. But then when he got the revelation, he went back and, and did it again. And it did work. Uh, and and what, I, you know, what I have found in my life, there's, there's many things that uh, come in my life. And just like that, I get healed from it, no problem. And there are other things that seem to linger a little bit longer. Well, why do they linger longer? I don't know. I, I really don't know. And I really don't care. Because I, I will outlive it all. I will outlive all sickness and disease, and, and it will eventually straighten up. Amen. And so if it's something that's chronic, I will just every day get up and I'm the healed of God. And, and what I have found that many times in that area, that the, the unction to, to confess those words will be stronger some days than other days. And when it's stronger, you know, then, then, then um, I confess it more strongly. Oh, you have to go. I'll not live with this the rest of my life. Uh, and, and, you're, and so you have to get it settled in your heart that there's no ifs. Lord, it, it, you know, uh, if it's your will, will you heal me of this? That those words uh, should never come out of the mouth of a Christian. Lord, if it's your will to heal me. Because that that's what the leper said. Lord, if you can, thou canst make me whole. And what did Jesus say? I will. Right? I will. So the if was only on the side of the leper. The if was not on the side of Jesus. And yet we oftentimes will take the doctrine from the leper and override the doctrine of Jesus. And then we'll pray because we think we sound spiritual, right? Well, Lord, if it's your will, because, you know, we don't know. And so if it doesn't work, it's not my fault. It's your fault, Lord. It's not my lack of faith. It's you and you. Because we never want to be responsible for our own faith, right? We want to, it's somebody else's fault that I didn't get healed. Yeah, and, and so, and, you know, and we should learn that. You know, and look, uh, we, we all have to learn this, amen? Uh, this is something that we all have to learn in our own hearts that, Lord, I will never use the word if when it comes to you. Uh, the only if is ever on my side. If I'll believe, I will receive. Now, if I don't want to believe, and, and look, uh, why, why is it more difficult for some things than other? I think it's just getting our minds renewed. That it's always God's will to heal. Always. And if you'll get your mind renewed to that, you know, that's been one of the greatest revelations in my heart, just that my mind is renewed right now, that I always believe every single time without exception the Lord wants to heal me, that He wants to heal me. He desires to heal my body. Whatever it is that I'm dealing with, his desire. And so if I'm not obtaining healing the way that I think, then I never accuse him of why aren't you healing me, Lord? Because that's an accusation. Why are you not? Because what you're saying is, Lord, why are you not doing what you said you would do? See, that's an accusation of him being less than a man of his word. And so you should be careful of ever accusing the Lord of, of not uh, wanting to heal you. And yet many times in the church, people say, Lord, if it's your will, and so you're, you, what you're saying is there are some times that the Lord may want you to remain sick. Well, that is an unkind thing and disrespectful thing to say of the master. Amen. If we know the master and we do, we should know that the master wants to heal your body. Right. Because if you're not well, are you able to complete the Great Commission? Are you able to go into all the world? Well, I can't I can't stand being on an airplane. You know, I'm too sick to be on an airplane. Well, then you can't go into all the world. I mean, you go next door, that's great. But he didn't say just go next door. He said go next door, right? Go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and, unto, and where? Under the uttermost parts of the earth, right? So, Lord, I can't, I can't, I, I, I can't, 
I can't ride in a car. I get car sick. Well, then you, you know, then he, I mean, you can go, uh, you can walk a ways, right? Maybe ride a bicycle, but you can't drive a car or ride in a car, so you're limited, amen? You're telling, you're, you're telling the Lord that, Lord, although you told me to go everywhere, I can't. Well, you think that'll give you a, a, a buy when you get to heaven? Because you're going to say, did you go into all the world to preach the gospel like I said? Well, Lord, I, I couldn't because I was sick because you didn't want to heal me. He'll probably just look at you without silence for a thousand years. Just look at you like... <laughs> you know how awkward that's going to be after, after a day? Why aren't you saying, Lord, I'm... You know, you, you ever just been... Sometimes you just, you, you just get so riled up you just can't say anything because you know if you do, you just... You know, you just blast somebody out. So you just, and so, you know, but you know, there's going to be people in line that say that. Well, Lord, I, you didn't want to heal me, so I, I, couldn't, I couldn't complete your will. Because, you know, he would be unjust. And really, he, uh, what they're saying is he's an unjust God because he said go into all the world, and, and there's no exception, right? Now, all the world is whatever the Lord tells you to do, right? So however far he tells you to go, that's how far you should go. But uh, whatever, he, whatever he tells you to do, then, then he expects you to do that. And there's no options around that. There's no, well, Lord, I just couldn't. I just, it was just, have you seen the price of airline tickets, right? <laughs> you know, uh, one person, that, that for a while, that they attended this church, and they said, you should never do overseas missions. That's really, isn't it a weird thing to say? You should never go overseas and do, and do any mission work outside of America. Really? I mean, you must have like a brand new Bible, like, like new that no one's ever read before, right? And I, and I said, why, why is that true? He said, because airline tickets are too expensive. Oh, okay, well, then that's fair, right? That's fair. And we can go to the Lord and say, Lord, I mean, I know you told us to do this, but have you seen the price of airline tickets? We can't do your will, Lord, and, and, and you're broke in heaven, so there's no way we can afford to go. And because I know, I know you own the Lord, at the, I mean, the earth, you said that the earth is yours and, and the fullness thereof, but it, you don't have, apparently own all the, I mean, you must only own the bad part of the earth, right? Not the, you know, like Antarctica, you know, maybe something like that, Sahara Desert, you know, nothing over there. You don't own any, any silver and gold except, well, I know you did say that silver is yours and gold is yours, you know, and, and, but, you know, if you just had some cattle, I know you said that you have cattle on a thousand hills, so, but somewhere you're broke, Lord, I know, because that way we can't afford to go into all the world and, you know, I, you know, I think about things like that, and I think, were you just like just get saved yesterday? I mean, did you, have you like never read the Bible, like ever? Have you met the Lord Jesus? I mean, people say things in, in complete contradiction to the Word of God and, and complete excuse of not doing the Word of God, and they think that the Lord's going to be okay with that excuse. And I have observed over the years that the Lord's never okay with an excuse to not do His Word, ever, ever, never, right? I mean, remember Saul, King Saul? And, and, and Samuel said, go over that city and, and kill everybody and burn the rest. And then he didn't do it. And, he, and, and then Samuel comes to him because the Lord said, you go tell Saul that he's no longer king because he didn't do what I said. And, and, uh, and it's, it's a funny story because Samuel goes to him and says, well, did you do it? Yeah, I did it all. I killed, I killed all the sheep, all the goats. And right in the background, the sheep's going, bah, bah. And, and Sammy goes, what's this bleeding of the sheep that I hear? I just heard a sheep. And, and, and Saul's like, what does it mean? I didn't do it. And, and, but we do that all the time, Lord. Uh, Lord, uh, you know, 
Because he said, well, we kept the best. We got rid of the, you know, the three-legged sheep, you know, and the sheep with spots on them, but the, the really pretty furry ones, we kept the good ones, right? And, and because, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. I mean, you know, we can't be re- really obedient to your word. We just have to be a little obedient to your word, right? Uh, and, and he tried to have an excuse, right? Uh, of, well, you know, it seemed, like, seemed reasonable to not do your word and just, you know, do what was, what was best. And, and how many times have we made that, that, same, that same decision, right? Lord, you know, your word is not absolute, Lord. Your Lord, you know, you, you got to have some wiggle room here. You know, I know you said that it's health to all of my flesh, but you know, Lord, you can't really mean all of my flesh. I mean, that's, that's extreme. That's fanatical to say, Lord's really going to heal all of my flesh. You're a fanatic. And people believe that. People believe that people like me are fanatics. I'm, I'm thinking... You know, fanatic, I always think like, you know, the slobbering, bug-eyed, crazy, you know, bad hair, kind of wild people like that. You know, when I, when I read the word, he says, health to all my flesh, you know, my response is, well, okay. that's not a very fanatical response. My, okay, well, you said, all, okay, then, then, then I'm assuming, Lord, if you said all flesh, then, then you meant all flesh, right? I mean, it's, not, it's not like, yeah, he's all flesh. It's just really simple, right? Simple faith just goes, well, he said all flesh, so, Lord, I just assume that you meant all flesh. No, no, nothing more, nothing less. Just if you meant all flesh, okay, then all flesh. Everything's included, right? Nothing's not included. Uh, and yet uh, people will argue about that. And they'll say things, you know, just crazy things like, well, you can't go into all the world. You know, you can't believe God will heal all your body. You know, sometimes he wants you to be sick, except for the little things like Proverbs 4.22 says, it helped all their flesh. And that's only by the word of God. Faith only, right? There's no discussion in Proverbs chapter 4 about the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit, which are wonderful, right? But Proverbs chapter 4, 20 through 22, is only the Word of God. Faith in the Word alone is sufficient always to obtain healing. We're thankful for other uh, methods of healing. The Lord's provided us many methods. But I, I love Proverbs 4, 22, because I don't need anybody else in the world. I don't need anybody to lay hands on me. I don't need a doctor's uh, uh, diagnosis. I don't need medication. I don't need surgery. I mean, I, and I got no problem with, with those options. Those are all great. I don't need a, a healer to come into town. You need somebody to use the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, those are all great. But, I, but for Proverbs 4.22, I can do it at home on the couch. And I've got a nice couch. And so I can just crank up the little footstool and, and, um, and, and believe God on the couch. Amen. Uh, and so uh, I know we're, we're about out of time there, but... Um, I was just meditating on this particular verse here about Proverbs 4.22, and, and we've got to get to where we believe that. Do you believe it's health to all of your flesh? Mm-hmm. See, that tells you what the will of God is. If it's health to all of your flesh, then there's no exceptions. There's no footnotes. There's no, unless, you know, you've got the, you know, this particular sickness, you know, from wherever, um, unless your daddy had this, your mama had this, unless it runs in your genes, there's no exceptions. And if there's no exceptions, then our faith should be, well, then there's no exceptions. Well, how long have you had it? 87 years. Doesn't matter. He's still willing to heal. Amen. Uh, what, what, if you, what if you contracted this, you know, on one of your mission trips, right, that went on an expensive airline uh, to, to go over there? Clearly, it wasn't the will of God, so that's why you got sick, right? Uh, no, it, it, still, it covers everything, right? They are life unto those that find them health to all of their flesh. And, and, and so... Uh, we got, we got to read a couple more verses. Well, just one more verse here in Mark chapter 9, because uh, we didn't get to that part, if you can believe. Uh, so later, so Jesus heals the boy, right? He gets up, and the disciples come and ask him in verse 28, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said, this kind 
can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. And a lot of people will say that he's talking about that particular devil, right? That particular sickness and disease. That the sickness and disease can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. But he couldn't have been talking about the sickness and disease because did Jesus pause right in the middle of the boy foaming at the mouth and say, hang on, I'll be right back uh, in, in three days because I got to go pray for a while and I got to fast. So it means I take some time to fast, right? You can't say, okay, I'm going to fast right now and it's done. You got to actually go through a few meal times, right? Did, he, did he, Jesus pause and leave, come back after a day or two of having prayed and fasted? No, he couldn't have been talking about the child and the sickness and disease on the child. What did, he, what did he first say to the people when they couldn't get the boy healed? Back up in verse 19. Oh, what? Oh, faithless generation. Well, why couldn't we heal him? I already told you. Faithless generation. Uh, you had doubt and unbelief. And he said, doubt and unbelief can only be removed out of your life through prayer and fasting, right? You've got to get that out of your life. If you have active prayer, doubt and unbelief, you, you, uh, uh, and, and, it, and, and you know, you can do it also by meditating on the word too, but, uh, but if it's really rooted and grounded in your heart, especially if it's been ingrained in your life for a long time, then, then oftentimes the only way to get it out of your life is by prayer and fasting. Uh, and you know, the fasting part is what you use to spend time in the presence of the Lord. It's not earning anything, it's just spending time meditating on his word and prayer in the Lord because you've got to get that old crazy bad thoughts out of your, out of your life. Well, sometimes the Lord just wants you to be sick. That may, may never come out except by prayer and fasting, right? Uh, Lord, if it be thy will, that may never come out of, out of your life except you pray and fast, amen? Now, I wasn't raised in that, so I didn't have really a lot of that to overcome. Uh, nobody told me that God's not a healer. You know, I just read Proverbs 4.22 and says, health all their flesh, and, and okay, yeah, it sounds good to me wasn't hard at all amen but if you've been taught all your life that god doesn't want to heal and that sometimes you know you just never know some of that doubt and belief will can't will remain all of your life until you uh, pray about it and fast spend some time with the lord and, he, and he'll show you that right there got to get your mind renewed uh, and so uh, and that was the root cause right the root cause of why they couldn't get this boy healed was because of their the faithless generation how long will i be with you how long will i suffer you right uh, and, uh, but the boy got healed, didn't he? Amen. Now, and the disciples did get to straighten up after a while and, and went on to do some great and mighty things for the Lord. Now, and so do we believe the word? Yes. Do we believe that it's always God's will to heal? Yes. Is for Proverbs 4.22 just as real today, health unto all of your flesh as it was when he wrote it? Yes. It was. And, and so that's for us to, to get that settled in our hearts. Amen. If we'll get that settled in our hearts, then we'll be okay. Amen. And so she goes through a couple more psalms there, uh, and we'll pick that up next week. But um, I just thought it'd be good to take a little side journey uh, in relation to, to just the Word. Amen. I love the Word of God. I'm thankful for the Word of God. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for His Word today. So, Father, we do thank You for the Word that You gave us. Father, it is a true statement that, that if we study Your Word, Father, uh, and believe Your Word, that is health unto all of our flesh. And so, Lord, we thank you, Father. There's nothing in our physical bodies that cannot be healed uh, just e even simply by the faith in the Word. It's always your will to heal, Father. There's no exceptions to that promise. And, Father, there's no uh, particular sickness or disease that also can override that promise. Every sickness, every disease, Father, every malady, every ache and pain that we ever experience can be overcome by faith in your Word. And so, Lord, we thank you that we are the healed of God. We choose to believe that we are healed. 
And Father, whatever limitation is in our physical bodies, we choose to believe you that we will overcome it. And we will, Father. And we thank you for these promises. And Lord, we give you all praise and honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. We, you know, I'm so thankful for the word. Amen. So thankful that so many promises in the word that just a simple one verse out of, out of the Old Testament is sufficient to obtain a perfect and divine health all the days of your life. Amen. Uh, and we're thankful for all the other ones. But, you know, one verse is often is all, all you need many times. Amen. Well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's um, offering. And um, we'll continue on this. And we're getting close to the end of, of uh, this particular book here with Dr. Yeoman's books. And um, we're going to uh, uh, work. Uh, the next book we're going to look at is uh, called Bodily Healing and the Atonement. And um, uh, so Mr. Jerry, come ahead and receive the offering. And it's really not a very big book. In fact, uh, it's out of print and, and it's, uh, it's in the public domain now. So we'll just print out some copies of us uh, for us here. It was written, I think, in 1923 or so. Um, and so it's actually 100 years old uh, this year. Uh, and, um, um, and it was written by a doctor, uh, a, a doctor of theology back in the day, and uh, a real expert at Greek and Hebrew. So it's a little thick. It's actually, I mean, it's, it's amazing. I'm on, I don't know, page 14, on the, and I've already got like 30 pages of notes, uh, just notes from this, you know, so uh, no, no need to panic, you know. Uh, we'll we'll uh, take it easy. But it, it, it's, it's fairly, um, uh, a fairly technical book, but I think it's really helpful because uh, he just goes through the Word of God, and uh, because he was a Greek and Hebrew scholar, he's able to show us from some of the original languages why these things are so. Amen. So it's really a good book to really uh, get a solid foundation from the Word of God, uh, because sometimes we like to say things that aren't quite biblically so, even from uh, what the original language said. Amen. And so um, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'd be a great book to study uh, there. And um, uh, we'll see. Well, whenever we get there, we'll start ha- giving you the handouts for that. Amen. All right. Is the Lord our healer? Yes. Is he, does he provide health to all of our flesh? Yes. That's what the Word of God says. Amen. Amen. Well, be blessed. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Sunday.